Hello and welcome to the How Long to Beat podcast. As always, you're listening to the voice of me, Rick, <laughs> for, former of perfect sentences. Uh, and as always, I am joined by Alex. Me speak good too. And Paula. I, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I just wanted some Spanish. I just wanted that, that capstone. <laughs> we can start again if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's done. This is it. This is it. Um, uh, this week it is games, games, games. My God, there's so many games this week. Uh, games we've beaten, games we've retired, uh, games we've been playing, and games for which there have been demos mm-hmm. in the latest installment of the Steam Next Fest, aka one of the best things Gaben has ever gifted us. Um, so we're just going to bundle through all of those and then uh, get back to one of the final rounds of this run of the newest format of the game everybody loves, which is called How, How Long, Long to, to Beat, Long to beat the, the, game. Game. the Game. I still haven't earned that trust back. There was, there was a fear yeah. in your eyes, Alex. There will always be. Because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't do it. Oh, God, not again. Then again, I just kind of always have this general look of fear within me. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> Existence is terrible. Man, yeah. That's it, it, it's, it's a hard life to live alive. No, that's shit, but you know. Well, well that's fine. That's I'll one of the games in. you beat this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I beat Live Alive. Um, though, actually, okay, because we've had guests. I beat this a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every game that I beat, I beat a long time ago. So, um, mm. what did I think of it? Uh, I... <laughs> Give me a second. Uh, no, I, I really enjoyed the game. So, like, I think the experiment of like the multiple different stories was very fun. I think it comes together decently enough in the end. Um, I don't know if it had to, you know, like as I was playing it, I, part of me feels like they maybe did that because they're like, Oh no, we can't just release, release eight short stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like there, there, there might've, maybe there was a bit of pressure to kind of like culminate it. Then again, I do think that the final chapters like, conceit is pretty interesting like i used the earth master mm. shifu which is probably the best one to pick because that dude is fucking unreal <laughs> which which earth master shifu did you have because it differs depending on yeah i had the little guy track. i had technically the worst of them um, the one with the bandana he's who yeah. i had as well he's who you had as well. yeah i feel like yeah i don't know maybe it depends who you train first or something i don't i don't know like i, I don't I think it's who you train most because my thing was like he needs bumping up the most and then he ended up being there uh, right. but it also makes it slightly different requirements as to how you get them at the back end now you wouldn't have experienced this because mm-hmm. you picked that character um i picked the gunslinger um the sundown kid one because his like top level move i did a bit of googling is just unreal mm-hmm. and two because um his requirements were a bit awkward for Shifu. Yeah. They were if yours is the bandana guy, you speak to him and he's just like, yeah, whatever, I'll join you. But if you pick, if you have the big guy, you have to like go and get him. I think it's five food items before I'll join you, which is very on the nose. Yeah. There's a lot of different things you have to do to get people. I mean, I got them all in and it didn't take too long. I, I was enjoying just, it was a perfect game while I was just kind of chilling. I was like grinding through things. Um, and the combat's fun. So like, I never found it. Yes. Over the, I, I did a bunch of the dungeons. Like I, I definitely got everybody's, except for maybe one person's special equipment. Um, mm. I had basically everyone's um, required stuff. And everyone was leveled up pretty high. Like, I mean, my main troop was like full leveled when I finished uh, for the most part. 
um, or so, not full level, but you know, like it was, they're very high. <laughs> um, I yeah. think it goes like 20 or something like that. Um, 20 is the cap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then it, they were full leveled actually. So, um, and anyway, I, I got the like, you know, true ending basically, which I thought was really, uh, was really fun and it was, was a very good ending. Um, I didn't go do that like extra chapter that you can do. Um, cause I just, I wasn't that interested. I just read what it was and I was like, that's really cool. Um, but I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> and you actually lose very little for doing it that way. Like it's yeah. interesting playing the playable components of that, but you don't really lose a lot. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's short. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to bother. Um, so yeah, I mean, ultimately like playing it, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. It is still a SNES mm. game from the nineties, <laughs> um, which are, is incredible, but you know, games are a bit better now <laughs> and like mm. there are a few little archaic things in there but i'm really 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 glad they brought it back like this um because it's just so beautiful and the little fixes that they did within it make it really playable and like it felt like playing like just a little piece of history and i i just i don't know i loved it i thought it's also it's fucking beautiful like i know we've talked about this before but it is so so beautiful looking um to the point that, I don't know, it really challenges the notion of remasters in a lot of ways, right? Where, like, um, I feel like we get a lot of remasters where it's just like, all right, we upscaled the textures so it doesn't look like ass on your screen. You know what I mean? Uh, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. We didn't actually fix anything. It's just now when we blew it up to, like, you know, the size of monitors these days, you're not looking at, like, fucking blurry pixelated goop um this one's like no we're not gonna and do we that. added we're trophies gonna... everyone loves trophies yeah right but yeah um <laughs> it's like that shit is just so like i'm like nah man that's why the the new the tactics tactics are coming out i'm really disappointed by because i'm like oh, i don't know that's just looks like you just did like asset swaps and you're like now that it looks a little bit better <laughs> you're like mm, no thanks um so i don't we'll know see. that one looks like a halfway house but we'll see but i, I yes. yeah i agree with you it's a really really high quality you can especially when you look at the snes sprites versus the sprites yes. you actually get like they redrew that as well and there's so much work that went into it and it really does pay off and i think it you know and i do think it pays off because i think it, it it did fairly well from what i understand like i don't think it like i think by their metrics it did decently from i don't know i've seen a lot of people play it so i'm hoping it did well um in relation think, to the budget as well because like it won't yeah. have cost that much to do even though a lot of work went into it because the scenario is written most of the game logic is going to be the same yeah it's fine tuning right um mm. so anyway I, I recommend people play it especially if you but but only if you like jrpgs because like yes god yes yeah this is a genre game you know mm. you're not a fan this will not change your mind <laughs> um but if you like chrono trigger you definitely should play it because it's really in that vein. It's got that kind of feel to it, you know? Though Chrono Trigger is a much stronger narrative, but, like, in terms of, like, feel and sort of, like, world, because it's, you know, uh, same people, basically, who, who made that game. So it feels like a kind of like a... Um, like in the spiritual You can see world, the roots of Chrono but... Trigger in it, for yes, sure. Yes, exactly, right? And it's worth saying, like, Chrono Trigger is a, a stone-cold 10 out of 10. This is, like, okay. a really good 8. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't don't expect Chrono Trigger, but like, you can you can see some of the same ideas at play there, and uh, I think I definitely agree in terms of game feel. Yeah, you can see parts of the DNA there for sure. Right, and like you can see the 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 art style and the kind of characterizations that are being made and stuff. Like, it just feels kind of like, especially the uh, the near future one. 
Um, that one in particular. Yes. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's stuff in that yeah. that I was like, this is chrono triggery in a good way. <laughs> mm. um, but even when you think about it, yeah. Cause like in a lot of ways, chrono trigger is like, okay, live live is like, Hey, we're going to take genres uh, like film genres and whatnot. And we're going to create eight separate stories. And then Chrono Trigger was like, or what if it was just one big story? <laughs> you know, like you time travel to all these locales and stuff, right? Um, it sort of feels like um, like a variation on the I hadn't theme. even thought of that parallel. Yeah, it sounds stupid. I hadn't even thought of the Chrono Trigger time travel parallel Yeah, until you just said that. That's what it is, yeah. right? Like Chrono Trigger yeah. is just like live alive with a th- one through line. To it and you can see that like the idea is actually maybe stronger as one through a line than it is as separate stories um but then it, it's like live alive i think chrono trigger doesn't happen without this game right like you need to you had to experiment yeah. and then yeah that's why that's what i made me think of it <laughs> uh, anyway it's good stuff pal you'll love this when you get around to it <laughs> yes i can get around it like really soon i, pr- I should probably put it like on my wish list for christmas or something like that this would be a great holiday game, actually. Yeah, um, it, it, it's very cozy. I just feel like this would be a good Switch game to just play while chilling. <laughs> <I agree. laughs> um, okay, other than that, I beat uh, Super Mario Bros. 5, that like Mario Maker World one that the dude did. Mm-hmm. It's really fucking good. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's like, <laughs> it genuinely felt like playing a Mario Brothers game. And like, I think the highest um, kind of praise I can give it is that it taught me Mario moves that I never knew how to do like at more advanced Mario mechanics that aren't super advanced, but like stuff from like the, some of the games where I was like, I didn't know you could do that. And then I was like looking up and I was like, Oh, you, Oh, that's, Oh, that changes some of what I'm going to do when I play these games. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like it was really neat. And they did it in a way that felt very Mario esque. Like it was, there was like a moment where it's like, no, no, you have to be able to do this thing in order to get, like to go do this and it's very clear you have to be able to do this so you better learn how to do it and i'm like okay fine fine fine. um and uh then it would like vary uh like you know do variations on that in each one it was just really beautifully themed and it's challenging and like i think that's the thing that we i feel like sometimes we, we think about mario games the earlier ones and like there's a bit of this thought of like oh yeah they're easy but like i think they're easy because we played the fucking shit out of them you know like you played them to death Mm. they're hard as hell like the first mario brothers game is a hard game it's not like it's just like a stroll through the park yeah it's easy once you know all the warp pipes but when you're trying to like play through the (laughs) stages it will it'll fuck you up sometimes you have to like actually play it quite a bit and get good at it and so like i found this one um really straddled that line nicely where it's like it's not that like punishing horrible mario maker levels that you go and play where people are just like you're gonna have to spin jump the entire way through and drop through this fire you know like all that weird shit where you're just like all right i'm done i'll watch some dude do this really cool on youtube but like this is not fun um and it's more in that area of like no this feels like a very thought out um challenging but not um infuriating (laughs) uh mario brothers game so i Cannot recommend it enough. Like, if you have Mario Maker 2, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't play it. And it was like four or five hours. Um, and I didn't play every single stage because c- you don't have to because it's a world. I skipped like well, maybe two or three stages. Uh, I skipped a boo house because I always hate boo houses. And this was no exception. Fucking hate those stupid boo houses. <laughs> Everything looks the same. I can never figure it out. 
<laughs> I'm an idiot. So anyway, I didn't do those ones. Um, I say so I kind of like when you said I learned like moves that Mario can do that I didn't know he could do. Um, that remind reminded me of um Jaden Jaden's animations Kaiser Mario video because mm. when she reached out to a Kaiser Mario a player, he said, "Okay, if you want to try this out, do you know how to do insert the name of the move here?" And she was like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> okay, okay, okay. We need to start from the basics here, and. Both in 3D and 2D Mario, you could just get away with the most basic moves. But if you really want to get, I guess, all the collectibles or like to be fancy while you play, you have to learn like the 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 very difficult stuff to execute. And the mm. games never explicitly teach those to you, right? Like that's the thing that mm. the games just like give you this toolkit, and they're like eventually as you fuck around, you're going to run and do something and go, wait, what the hell was that? How did I do that? And then you keep messing around until you're like, oh, that's how I did that. And now you've got a new tool. And like, that's kind of what this game was like as well. Though I have the benefit of, you know, uh, years and years of Mario knowledge. So when I couldn't do something, I was like, wait, how do you execute this? And then it's like, oh, you do this. And I went, oh, okay, great. But then you still have to learn how to do it. Because even if you, you know, you yep. can read how to do it. But that don't mean you know how to do it. <laughs> and some of this is age of the manual stuff. Like I know from Mario 64, um, albeit the DS port, I learned how to triple jump from the manual. And I don't think mm. that's anything that's explicitly described, for example. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, Super Mario Odyssey, you, you get like an in-game manual that you can consult, but the game never explicitly, expi oh my God, explicitly no, no, you tells it explicitly. you yeah. uh, how to... How to do any of it? You just have to look at the manual if you want to do something different, or mm. fuck around with it until you get to do something different. And it's like, hey, what was that? Okay, I'm gonna look at the manual. But oh, you, that's how you do it. Yeah, even the manual doesn't tell you necessarily how to do some moves, right? Because there are there are certain techniques yeah. that are basically just chainings of different moves, right? And so it's like, it'll yeah. teach you how to do a move, but then it's like, well, we're not gonna tell you all the ways that this move can be used in our game, which I think is the best thing where it's like, um, because then it allows you to do that kind of exploration, right? Because it's not like, they'll teach you everything you need, right? That you absolutely need, um, but not everything that can unlock the game for you. So anyway, I, uh, I really recommend it. it. It's just really, really fun and feels like you're playing some kind of, you know, lost mario game that just combined all the different genres together and to just pure fun <laughs> um and lastly i uh, also beat because i can sort of tell you when i beat this because i beat it before it left game it was pass. going off game pass as well the beginning yep, of october <laughs> there's two kinds of people you rush to finish it I bought it on sale on Switch. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get to it eventually. I just finished. Well, because I knew I saw the thing and I was like, I can beat that shit in a couple of days. And I beat that shit yeah. in a couple of days, and I got the true ending. So I really beat that game. Ooh. I this game is great. Um, ah, uh, okay. How do I describe Unsighted? So like, it's it's a it's a Zelda game. I would say Metroidvania ish, I suppose, but more Zelda. -y, um, where you play as this um robot and in this world um you're all powered by this kind of crystal but something has come and is like obscuring the crystal 
and uh, you wake up, you're like, oh, you don't remember who you are. And, um, all your robot friends there and you, your time is counting down. And uh, the kind of conceit of this game is that you get materials that you can increase your time or your friend's time, but you can never save them all. Um, ish. <laughs> but like it, you don't have enough, right, to save all of them. So some of them are going to go unsighted. And unsighted is when they basically turn into rabid machines that you got to kill. So you're like running around and every enemy you fight is basically a robot who went unsighted. Um, big open world. It's got like three big levels, big open map that like connects in interesting ways as you play along. Um, it's kind of, uh, it's 2D, but it's kind of that top-down perspective. Um, lots of different weapons that you can unlock. Um, lots of different gadgets that you'll get. Uh, I think it's really good on PC. I'm sure it's great on Switch as well. The reason I liked it a lot on PC is just because it has, um, it has that kind of like, uh, twin sticky aiming almost where like your your melee combat and your shooting and whatnot is like a cone and that's like tied to the reticle um and so i found because i did actually try this and i and i retired it originally when i played it on xbox i found personally that it was a little um it just felt sluggish to me we using a like a control control stick analog um, because you're kind of moving it around, right? And like, I just found it wasn't super, super precise. And there are some precise movements that you have to do because you do platforming with a, with those controllers. Uh, it, it likely won't bother most people, right? Like if, if you're used to that kind of control scheme, you'll be totally fine. It's just, if you have the option to play it on PC, I would really recommend doing it that way. Just because I think being able to just point with your mouse, super, super nice. And like, very um like remove some of that kind of you know bungling about we'll say um there's like a true ending that i kind of stumbled into a little bit so i stumbled into the first part of it this is this ending is genuinely impossible to complete without using a walkthrough um you would have to like no honestly it's impossible to complete without a walkthrough like if you did this, i mean someone did though Someone did to write the walkthrough. No, I don't think so. I think a bunch of people <laughs> talked together and figured it out as a group. I don't really think like and whoever did it, I think had to spend hours and hours and likely doubled the amount of time they played the game to get it because it's so obscure. Like it's genuinely extremely obscure. Um, and if you play it, you'll know what I mean. And I also think it's the worst ending because it's technically the good ending. But I feel like this ending, and I'm not, I'm absolutely no spoilers within this, because I know you you want to play this and others want to as well. It extremely undermines the mechanics of the game. Um, and so I was like, oh, yay, okay, I got this. But I also feel like it's kind of cheap. And it actually made me, so I was like, <laughs> late last night, I was just lying in bed thinking about this, being like, having like this like uh, internal debate with myself over like, so, you know, you have this really hard secret ending, right? That's tough to find. But it's also clearly the best ending. And yet, it goes against the mechanics of your game and makes stuff sort of feel a little cheap. Is it better to just not have that in your game and just stick to your guns? Because ultimately, you could argue like, well, okay, but it's a secret ending. It's like, yeah, but is it a secret ending? Because in a modern age... Is it really secret? 
Because the minute you look up anything about the game, it'll say secret ending right away. Like, no matter... I looked up innocuous shit. Like, I was just trying to figure out the location of, like, a, a little crafting thing I needed. And I saw a note about a secret ending. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, okay, well, now I know. <laughs> so it's like, how secret is it really, right? And then it's going to become, like, the gaming community sort of canon of the game a little bit. I don't know. It was just making me think about, like, kind of, like, the meta of endings and of games at this point and um yeah it just it rubbed me a little bit the wrong way i think um i still think this game is like incredible like it's like uh it's like a nine out of ten and like leading closer to ten than eight because it's very very good and very mm. fun but i don't know i just don't i just don't know how i feel about that secret secret end kind of thing lots of fun mysteries in the game but anyway that's unsighted. I'll be looking forward to see what you think of it when you play it eventually, Rick. I think you'll really dig this game, actually. It's it's very, uh, I think it's very up your alley. And that was definitely the thinking when it was like, well, I can rush to finish it, or it's currently a third off on Switch. And I quite like the idea of playing it on a handheld rather than being tethered to a screen. Um, yeah. so that was the rationale there. Um, segue into a game that I don't know how to feel about and that you've also played. Uh, and you already know which one it is. The, the first of my seven completions in the last couple of weeks uh yeah. is immortality so mm. i spoke a little bit about this last week when we had um friend of the podcast tia matt on yeah i still don't know how i feel about it kind of yeah. hate it really i hate it a lot yeah Ooh. i i like a lot of the themes i don't necessarily like the way that they slotted it all together yeah and i i the more I reflect on it, the less I appreciate the move from text-based to match cut. I think, again, everything I say about this game is in no way to be taken as anything against what a technical achievement this game is. Hmm. Um, and the, the actual narrative underlying, there's a lot of things I liked about it. I think in a lot of places... And it kind of has to be this way because you might not see all of the clips. There are some points where I felt it was a little bit on the nose and it was kind of obvious that um, a character wasn't necessarily being the character. They were being Sam Barlow, the creator, putting a specific point across to you, the audience. Without spoiling anything, that does kind of, again, fit in the context of what that narrative is when you pull all those pieces together. I also have to say that there's a mechanic they don't really describe, and you'll know the one I'm talking about, Alex, and they can't describe it. Yeah, you already know. Fucking sucks. Fucking sucks. I had to go on YouTube and find some of the bits because that mechanic just doesn't really work well. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird game. Yeah. It's a polarizing game. (laughs) It is a weird game. Which is why I, I almost lean it towards it's more art piece than game in a lot of ways because i think that's fair i had that thought yeah like i like if this was like an art installation somewhere i would i would i would buy it. you know i'd be like oh yeah this makes sense this is like totally an art type of installation thing right where it's like a unique Walk sort of for experience four hours and come and sit and do it yeah and i actually think that works a little bit better if you could take away the pressure of wanting to see all the clips because yeah. again this isn't really a spoiler it's the same as sambar's previous two games where you can hit the ending and clear credits long before you actually see even close to all of the footage that's there. Um, so there's almost two games. There's 
like the the confines of starts credits and there's the game of trying to find all the rest of the footage and, and um truly work out exactly what the timeline is i think you put this in an installation that second one disappears i think it's a much stronger um overall impression that it makes exactly but also i think where so i remember when we talked about it when you said you beat it you were not what you said you beat it so i don't believe you but like when you beat it, <laughs> I got you. you fucking liar yeah. when, <laughs> <laughs> when when you played it and completed it you said i i pretty much worked out what happened long before i got there for me i actually it took me watching almost all the footage and thinking about it a little bit and then googling it to really truly work out what has actually happened then not that i couldn't follow the narrative but there were some pieces that just didn't fit um Mm -hmm. particularly and again without spoiling anything fitting what happened in the time between the second and the third film Mm -hmm. and the way that a specific character gets from that second film to that third film yeah and i i there's quite a few instances i think that's the most egregious example where the the game's internal consistency is contorted to fit where um, the creator wants the pieces to be by that third film. Um, it's such a difficult one to talk about without fucking spoiling it. Paolo, you need to play this so that we can spoil it. Cast it. <laughs> you do. Um, I, yeah. I think people should, I think people should experience it. I think game pass or Netflix where you don't have to like put an entry fee down is absolutely the way because I think this is a real Marmite experience. I think it's it's far more divisive than I expected it to be going in. And I, there are elements I liked, but I actually, on the whole, don't think I liked the package. Hmm. Uh, See, which isn't where I expected to be because yeah. I liked both of his previous games. Her story especially, but I liked them both. That could be... I mean, I might be a little biased because I came into it without any recent not memory of her story because I played her story like like maybe a decade ago now like, I don't Same, yeah, and yeah telling lies maybe 18 months ago yeah yeah and so I and I never played telling lies um and so I, I it's not that good yeah. I'd skip it honestly like it's um, fine but yeah you know it's interesting because writing on games is a good video about immortality where he talks about how and I think this is my case where I enjoyed the narrative I constructed significantly sure. more than what the game was actually trying to say because when i went and read the synopsis i was like ex fucking excuse me what like i had the general thing correct but when i was reading the details i went okay that's that's dumb <laughs> i was like no i don't like that at all um and to be fair you never have to know that synopsis right like i just looked that up on my own it's not, they don't try to give that to you in the game. If they did, I would have lost my mind. I would have been like, this is trash. But um, this is a game where I do think your enjoyment, and this is also the problem, because there is no way at all to control how the narrative gets unraveled by the player. So I, I quite think that quite literally everyone's going to have a very different experience with this game, which I know we say often with games, but for most games, the experience is similar enough, you know? And this one, I'm like, I really don't think so. I think it's, it's going to be quite vastly different experience depending on what you're, what kind of grabs your interest in it. So, yeah. And, and it's worth saying, and I think I touched on this last week, 
I think this really stretches the limits of what an FMV game can do yes. in that sense, because I actually don't think the setup really serves the overall narrative. I think it's a really clever way of framing the the timeline. And I think the three films in connection, uh, there's a lot of interesting points in the way that that all ties together. But I actually think in terms of the story and also the message to a certain extent that he wants to get across, I don't think it works. I think I, I just don't think it works. Yeah. But yeah, that that's immortality. If you have Game Plus or Netflix, I do think it's worth setting a few hours aside to try. I would maybe temper your expectations a touch. <laughs> I, I think that that's where I ultimately fall on that one. Um, he's, but I wouldn't call it trash. What I would call trash is Trash Quest because that's its name. Uh, this game's lovely. It's uh, yeah, Pal is cringing, and that's totally fair. That, <laughs> not my finest work. Not my finest work. Uh, Trash Quest is great, especially like on the deep discount that it so regularly goes for. It's like an hour or less of hmm. really, really solid single map, single spawn point Metroidvania. Focus more on the platforming than on the combat, although there are boss battles. I think the combat is the weaker part of the game. Uh, the platforming challenges I did really, really enjoy. Um, the visuals are fine. It's monochromatic. It does you know, a, a good job within that limitation. Um, mechanics all felt strong. There's a little bit of a learning curve with some of the movement stuff, but not in a way that's negative, in a way that it's just a little bit different. Um, get it on sale. I think it's it's really, really worth playing. I don't really want to say too much. The one thing I do want to reiterate, and again, we talked about this last week, there is like a bonus zone that opens up after you complete the main campaign. And if it weren't for Tiamat highlighting it to me, I would have completely missed it. Um, mm. It's like a much harder zone punctuated by a boss rush i played all the extra zone stuff i did not play the boss rush because fuck boss rushes they're lazy and they're not actually that fun um next one i played this is a free narrative experience come audiobook um called dagon by hp lovecraft and it is a verbatim retelling of that short story um with visuals you don't move around you you sort of advance the plot um it, it's like a digital picture book almost hmm. um because you have these 3d environments and you're on a fixed point but you can look around them and zoom into things and it, it's a nice way of telling the story while also giving you the opportunity to sort of see some trivia about lovecraft some aspects of his life and how his work developed and you know some of the the less savory things about the man um but mainly a really really cool way of framing a short story and tying it in some of his later work really good way to spend half an hour especially in this the spookiest of seasons um and for the price you can't complain um i also beat deadpool which i've been playing for a while as a package this is wonderful even as a second playthrough already remembering or knowing a lot of the jokes and the plot beats i had a blast playing this again uh, the combat is actually surprisingly varied because it gives you a lot of tools and some genuinely quite challenging enemies and enemy configurations with which to use them. So you have, as a starting point, katanas and dual pistols. You can unlock three additional ranged weapons and three additional melee weapons. Um, the points you get to do that are entirely based on your ability to string and maintain combos. Um, and also pick up the odd collectible around the world. But 
the real way of getting all of the points is by stringing together really, really good combos. Um, and so it, there's a real tangible sense of reward to actually trying to be smart about the combat. Um, the upgrade trees are meaningful, uh, both in terms of damage output and in terms of actually giving you new abilities and things to do um, within the combat space. The joke to all land, High Moon got it. They really, really understood the character. They understood what makes him tick and what's funny about him. Um, and they also made liberal but smart use of like some of the characters from Deadpool's history um, and actually did quite a clever thing of like having little comic book synopses to introduce the characters if you don't know who they are. They're entirely optional. The first time they appear, you press the button, they tag you in or they don't. Um, solid runtime as well. It's like six, seven hours to clear the thing. Um, the ending's a smidge rushed, but like the package is well paced. And by the end of it, I felt like I'd got just enough. And again, this is having already played it once. So the only shame is it is a bit of a pain to get hold of. So you can get a cracked PC copy. They float around. Um, it's been delisted from Steam twice now. First from the original release, and then they bought the license back temporarily when Deadpool 2, the movie, came out. And then that license expired and it went away again. Um, but there are physical copies on PS4 and I believe Xbox uh, of the HD version. There's probably some of the PS3 version as well. But if you're going to get it, you want to get the PS4 version. Um, if you can find a copy and you know, you, you're you a fan of the character or the humor, or you want something just mindless to throw yourself out for six or seven hours, this is very much uh, a game I can recommend for that purpose. And yeah, it, it's it's a shame that IP sort of flubs games like this because it, it it's worth enduring and it's worth having a future. And it's really, really, really good. Really, 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 really. It, it's great. I, I did really enjoy it. Um, three to go. We're getting there. Um, so I, in a single sitting, played Castlevania. Uh, it's one of the um, Spooktober games of the month. And it's one I've had on my backlog to play for a little while via the Classic Collection. I abused the fuck out of Safe States for this. You game. have, I have to no shame. <laughs> I have no shame in admitting it. Uh, the, interest, the most interesting part for me, I think, was... Um, having played some of the newer handheld games first and then having come back to this, you hear people complain about staple enemies like the leprechauns and the Medusa heads. And in the newer games, they're not that bad because you're actually quite mobile. You can tank a few hits and you have a much better range of attacks. In the original, they are fucking day ending. They oh, yeah. are day ruining because a Medusa head can clip you into a bottomless pit and that's mm -hmm. game over. Um, a leprechaun can get three or four hits on you when you've only got like six or seven hits in you. And they're so erratic that it's really, really tricky to do anything with them a lot of the time, especially in the last couple of levels where they throw more of them at you and some even worse enemies. There's like a big bat that takes four hits to take down. And if it hits you, it hits you for, I want to say either a third or a quarter of your life bar. Um, and I spent maybe 10, 15 minutes reloading the same save state at the start of that screen, yeah. trying to defeat them without getting scathed, without getting hit. And I eventually realized, actually, if I just run, I can get to the next door and it won't matter. You have to run away from behind. most stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, there's quite a few where it's just like, this isn't worth my time. 
And then the final Dracula fight is fucking hard. Yes. Because the hitbox is so small, the hit window is quite small, and unless you hit the attack at just the right time, his attack is very difficult to avoid. And then he has a whole second stage, which is like not too bad in and of itself, if you manage to retain the cross, which I did, um, and you can just sort of spam that. But by that point, unless you've been careful, you're close to death. And the way he's pitched, he's guaranteed to get at least one hit on you. You should try um, Rondo of Blood, actually. It's super f- similar to, ca- to the first Castlevania, I find. Do you know what? I kind of played it. So I played mm. the Dracula X Chronicles version, the PSP sort of up-resed one. Oh, uh, okay. Um, it, it's beat for beat. It's the same game. It's just in 2.5D. Mm. Uh, I really like Rondo of Blood. Like, I don't not like the old Castlevanias. Um, there's a certain charm to them. They're just hard as balls. With the caveat that they're just hard as balls, and, and some of them are like... Uncha- unkindly so mm-hmm. um, I felt that with with the adventure I felt that with this original Castlevania as well Rondo of Blood I actually didn't feel that so much that one felt like firm but fair and I had a really yeah. great time with that when I played it Except I only death. really played it so I could get Symphony of the Night but I enjoyed it nearly as much mm-hmm. so yeah again another one that's like not so much now because it's got a PS4 port I think mm-hmm. yeah but I don't know if that's the 3D version. I think that's just 2D Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. So that like 2.5D version is is lost to time because you can only really get it. Albeit PSP is easy as fuck to hack or emulate. But like, yeah, legally, it's easy. You can find it's hard no to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> legally. Two of them sitting at home. <laughs> because we, we, we don't condone any illegal activity on, oh, on this podcast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your dad. I ain't a narc. <laughs> <laughs> the original Castlevania is okay if you have save states. Otherwise, it is fucking nightmare fuel, which I suppose is kind of appropriate. But yeah, nice bit of history, very little more. Um, and, and one I'm happy to tick off because I do want to play all the Castlevanias. I've played maybe a third of them now, all told. And I'm sort of slightly it's actually a lot of through, games because there's a lot of Castlevanias. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, there's some that you can safely disregard, like... Like the 3D ones? Well, like Castlevania Judgment, the Wii fighting one-on-one game that inexplicably got made. Yeah. I think that's Metacritic's, like, 28 or something horrible like that. It did not score well. Anyway, um, I beat Luigi's Mansion 2. Nice. Somewhat out of obligation. I actually do. By by the time I got to World 4, I was kind of done with it. Mm. Um, I... I mentioned this on the Discord earlier today because I, I beat it late last night. I initially was very positive about the level-based structure. So there's, it's not really a spoiler. There's five different mansions, each one split up into different stages. What that means, though, is instead of letting you explore the mansion and, and see bits ahead and peek bits out, there's predetermined points at which you're pulled out and then put back in again. And so there's an enforced repetition beyond... The, the repetition that's just kind of there by virtue of the way that it's set up. Um, it's by no means a bad game. It's a very good game. Um, could have been a great game, and there's a few things like that that hamstring it. Um, I actually think if you if you make it so it's just five mansions, you have an overall objective, and you're in there and you do it, I think, one, you probably trimmed the game down by a couple of hours, which would make it near enough perfect. Um and two, by virtue of that, you make the game less repetitive. Um, overall, I mean, it, there's such a charm to these games in terms of the way they hide things and little nooks and crannies. 
Uh, there's a couple of moments where there's like barred um, alleyways and doors. And if you vacuum the bars, it's just like a little painting, like a, a canvas that then pulls away and you've got hidey hole. There's lots of like little environmental touches like that that are really, really nice. Um, the dark light is a nice addition to the game, finding hidden things um, in the world. I think it's just about enough to keep the formula fresh over the runtime, um, particularly combined with like a really impressive variety of locales and environments. Um, like they managed to make five interior areas very, very different in a relatively organic way. And I think that's commendable. It's more Luigi's Mansion. The, the bottom line is, and I'm dancing around this point, it's more Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> it's and Luigi's Mansion. <laughs> that's kind of the problem. Like, I've learned from my mistake, Luigi's Mansion 3, I'm not getting for a while. Yeah, but you should take some it, time. It's a, it, it's a good game. It's just sure more Luigi's Mansion for better and for worse. And finally... I am almost done, I promise. Um, I played a game called Bleed. This is like a 2012 2D short action shooter platformer thingy um, on PC. Feels like a Flash game. Plays like a Flash game. Mostly okay. There's some pretty <laughs> horrible sections. Like the, the penultimate level has you like fighting your way through a dragon's belly it's not really a particular spoiler um and there's these like falling sludge things that it's set up in a way that makes it really really horrible to try and navigate particularly with like wazd movement because the way the dash works isn't particularly intuitive it's fine it's like an hour and a bit long i cleared it in 76 minutes and to be fair 25 of those minutes were me banging my head against the, the segment i just mentioned um but you can regularly get it really, really cheap. I think I paid under a pound for it. If that's the kind of experience you're hankering for, like it does the job, it's nothing to write home about. And and I, I wouldn't particularly recommend it per se. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, I no longer have it installed on my computer and I no longer have it on my backlog. And I, I see that in some ways as a win. It's by no means bad. It's just utterly... Meh. Yeah, um, not. It's un- fine. It's totally forgettable. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I'm struggling with words. <laughs> let's, let's go with forgettable. Um, right. Well, that's all my playthroughs. Let me give my voice a breath. Alex, uh, Pally, you haven't played anything. You haven't beaten anything, rather. You haven't retired anything. So we're not ignoring <laughs> you. Retired. You just, you just didn't do the I requisite haven't... amount of work to beat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I was going to say I. I haven't retired anything, but each of you guys have something that makes me very, very sad on your retirement please. So, Alex, go ahead. What what, what was wrong with Chatter Tactics? Oh, no, nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. I just had my fill. It, it's one of those. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you know how sometimes, like, I, I find, personally, as a gamer, I am very, like, I go by the whims of my desires. Put <laughs> it that way. Like, <laughs> I just, I feel like I want to play something at a certain moment. And then I'm like, great, I'll play that. And then I played it. I was hankering for some, you know, top down kind of, you know, tactics-y kind of gameplay. And then I, I beat a bunch of missions. And then, you know, I sat there and I realized these missions 
are only going to get harder. <laughs> you know, like it's not going to, it's not getting easier from here. And that last mission I played was really, took a long time and was pretty tough. And I was like, I think I'm done. Oh yeah, I don't know. Call me chicken all you want, man. I got no pride. <laughs> um, so I was just like, I think I'm good. It, I, I would call this one, this is one of those soft retirements though. Cause like I can see myself coming back to it at some point. Like I don't feel like it's like gone forever, but it's just like, I'll have to be in that mood again to really want to like take on more of it. And the nice thing with this game is that I don't, I don't know. I don't personally feel like going away from it for a long time is going to be a bad thing. Cause like mechanically, once you sort of know how it plays, it's not, it's not that difficult to get back into, you know? Um, so I was just kind of like, I think I'm good for now on this one. You know, I, I, I don't know what it is. I just couldn't bring myself to start playing it. Maybe also cause spooky season hit. Now I was in like, I'm, I'm, I'm in spooky mode instead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And then honestly, Disco Elysium as well. I realized I just, I don't know what the fuck it is with this game, man. I know it's great. I know it's one of the best things ever made. I get that it is an intellectual masterpiece, but fuck man. Sometimes you just don't want to read war and peace. You know, like you just, sometimes you just want fucking, I don't know, fucking star Wars books or some shit, right? You just want something that's not hard to digest. (laughs) Disco Elysium is a lot. It's reading a fucking novel. And the problem is that I'm already reading a novel on my 3ds. So I didn't have time for that. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to sit down and do that. And it's hard because my people, with my laptop being my work area, I find that if I play something that's a little too close to what I do for work in general, which is like, I do, you know, I'm a teacher. I do a lot of freaking reading and like I teach film adaptation courses and stuff. And so I do a lot of this, any, a lot of this shit. Sitting down and reading a ton of text in my video game feels a little too much like work. <laughs> so I just kind of bounced off of it. It's incredible. There is no doubting that. It is a groundbreaking game, but I, it breaks my head a little bit when I get into it too much and I stare at all the words. I'm just like, Oh God, stop. I just want to be an idiot today. (laughs) Um, I know I'll beat this one day. Like this genuinely is a game that I'm like, I shall beat this game. Um, It's just, I, I need it to be on like a holiday. That's what, you know, that's what I need for this. I need to be on a work holiday so that I can just chill out and play this game. Um, I think the shame with this one as well is like it would be a perfect Switch game, but by all accounts, the port is pretty dog. Yeah, I think, well, see, here's what I think. I don't think that the port is so bad. It's just that like, I don't think, this is a fucking PC game. All its UI is meant for PC. I tried playing on Xbox. It doesn't make any sense. There's so much text. And so you're like, oh, what? Do I have to like blow the text up to like 600 size? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I'm not that old yet, but I'm like, I'm still having a hard time seeing this fucking text. Like, this is a thing that you're meant <laughs> yeah. to have on a computer screen in front of you and a decent size screen. I take the screen, point. Switch. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? I actually don't think this is a good Switch game, honestly, because this is not a game that you but should I'm... be dipping into for a few hours. <laughs> if, you, if you could curl up with this, you didn't have to be sat at oh, a okay. screen. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, I, I totally so for yourself because it means you get away from the workspace. Which yeah. I have to say, when you're like, if it's a little bit too close to my job, like in this instance, my head went waking up from a drunken stupor trying to work out what you were doing (laughs) no i mean i don't even drink so i can't i can't take that (laughs) i'm a nerd in that regard but um yeah anyway disco elysium is is incredible but i'm I'm done one that i retired because i was just like no i'm fucking done is monster hunter stories (laughs) 2 wings of ruin i have now decided 
fuck Monster Hunter. I'm not its oh, target. Wow, okay. Not not because it's bad. It is not. I'm not its target area. I can't get into it. I have too many nerdy things that I love already, and I can't add this one to it. I'm sorry. It's just like you know when you have like you have like a, a, a maximum quota of like worlds and mechanics and things that you can put into your little brain. And Monster Hunter is too big, which is a good thing. Because if you love Monster Hunter, there's so much to love. It it, it it has so many detailed mechanics. It has cool monsters. It's gorgeous. It's neat. The story in this is fucking stupid. <laughs> there's no story. <laughs> I, 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 I take back any insult I gave to Pokemon because I don't know. I've seen some people say like, oh yeah, it's like grown up Pokemon. And I was like, this game's for five-year-olds. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm sorry. The story in this game is so stupid. They do this fucking thing. I, I'm like, okay, is this, what's happening? Because the characters to like greet each other will like grab the faces of another person. And your main character doesn't make noises which is fucking terrifying already. I, I still find voices protagonist to be horrifying, especially if you aren't in their perspective. He'll just grab a person's face and go like, Aah! and just like rub the fucking face. And it is so disconcerting. Cause it's like, cause like they'll do it for like 30 seconds with just nothing, no dialogue. And you're like, the fuck is this? Because like, look, it's, I, I get they're trying to maybe do like, a, like a, oh, this is like a culture thing on this place. And you're like, okay, but why did you have to do it so weirdly? Like you could have made it like the other person does it to them at the same time. You know what I mean? Like like a greeting, yeah. like a hug or like a handshake where you like touch each other. But no, no, no. It's just like one person going. <laughs> they, and they make that sound, by the way. Like I'm not exaggerating. Oh, they go, oh, <laughs> like this. And I'm like. Stop it. Stop it. I feel assaulted. <laughs> just like, I don't like this at all. And like the story is just, okay. All it is, is like, Oh God. So you're like a hunter and I guess you have the grandpa. And I don't think actually now that the grandpa they're talking about red or whatever. I'm not, I don't think he's from the first game. I think this is some random dude because looking at the character model, I was like, that doesn't look like what I think I saw from the first game. So I'm like, so is this just some random dude that I'm getting flashbacks of? <sighs> anyway, the story is just like, actually, can you take a guess? What do you think is one of the main story points in this Monster Hunter game? What do you think most quests revolve around? I I feel like you're baiting me into say hunting monsters. Exactly. Every single fucking mission is, there's a monster on the roost. And you're like, okay, what do you want me to do? Kill it. And you're like, Okay, and they have to make this thing up because the game is about a place that is like friends with monsters. So in order for the whole game to work, there has to be some shit going on with the monsters, which like uh -huh. is stupid. Frankly, it's like, why don't you just make it that they like to tame monsters as well, but that they know that monsters are scary. So you just fight them anyway. But it, it just, it's just every single quest, every single quest, unless it's a fetch quest, is... We'll go to this new area. Okay, here's a vague location. Run around a little bit. It's going to be hard to find because we, we're not going to mark it on your map for some reason. And you're like, why wouldn't you mark it on the map? Why would you make me just randomly go around what feel like procedurally generated areas? 
for the love of fucking God, just tell me where it is. And then you go there, and then it's then like... game night, go, Yeah, they're like, oh, big monster, you ready to play rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> You're like... Oh, God. Oh, okay, here we go. And they and they pretend, like, I've seen reviews try to say, like, it's more complicated than rock, paper, scissors. And you're like, no, it's not. Because no, it's not. the more complicated rock, paper, scissors element is, like, oh, the monster's mad. Is it gonna not use red attacks now and instead use green attacks? Oh, who knows? <laughs> you're like, oh my God. I started to go crazy. I was like, this is suck. This is fucking stupid. This game is stupid. Is the game. monster also a character from the Goonies? That's- yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't know. And then you're like, you, and then you break parts and you're like, oh, you broke his tail. Good job. And you're like, okay, whatever. I got tail parts. And then it's like, okay, go make new armor. And you're like, all right, time to make new armor. And it's like, good job. You got armor now. You want a new weapon? Okie dokie. That's the whole That's the whole fucking game, man. It's just like, okay, armor. Now you go off this way. And then you're just like, it's like, it's simplifying Monster Hunter, but like, just dumb. You know, <laughs> you just feel, you just feel like you're crazy. Cause you're just like, People like this, right? People like this. Why do people like this? Is this fun? Am I having fun? Like, that's the feeling throughout. And like, oh God. And then there's like a quest board. But half the fucking quest board is just like, go get 10 raw meat. And you're like, okay, good job. I'll give you cooked meat now. And you're like, great. What do I use it for? Heal yourself. Why? I'm never going to need this in battle. I barely ever am dead in battle. Just potions. Why, do, why are you giving me so many fucking items? Because you get all these items, right? But it's like, you don't fucking need any of these fucking items, man. Unless you're a psychopath who's going to go and do the fucking, like, you know, fucking extra boss mission things. But the problem is that if you're doing that in Monster Hunter, right? Those special fights. You're not leveling your fucking character up. You're, like, choosing armor and you're, like, deciding how you're going to go fight that monster, Right? which is fun and that's really cool and that's like what people really love about Monster Hunter. But in this one, it's like, oh, optional monsters. But here's the deal. You don't have to prepare. You just have to level the fuck up and then go fight the thing. You don't need all these extra items. I want to kill myself. (laughs) It's just like losing my mind with this game so much. So I take everything back. Pokemon is very fun and it's not rock, paper, scissors at the very least. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the How Long to Descend into Madness podcast. <laughs> That's how I feel. I was just, I was going nuts, man. I don't know. Don't play it, pal. You're not gonna play it, right? <laughs> gonna play it. I, I have some curiosity about it, but once you describe everything to me, I was like, yeah, I won't touch this with a ten right. foot pole. And it, look, here's the deal. I could have forgiven almost all of it if the story was good. Honestly, if there was an interesting, compelling story within it. I would have been like, sure. But the story is just leave your village. Now you're in a new village. You're going to do some tests and we're going to give you a dragon at some point. And if the story kicks off after that, I'm sorry, but 10 motherfucking hours into your goddamn game, it's too late for me. <laughs> you know, like get me a little hooked before then, please. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, I'm done. Rick, you talk about games now. <laughs> Paula, which which one of my retirements disappoints you the most? Oh, I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, 
one of them makes sense because you never finish puzzle games, but the other that, one that'd was... That'd be railbound for people listening yeah. at home. I don't, I don't need to elaborate further. It's great. You're right. I just don't finish puzzle games. As well. <laughs> the other one would be HF Empires, so go with yeah, that. Yeah, it's just not my speed. Like I played the tutorial battle and I remembered it all from playing Age of Empires 2. And it all works. Like There's nothing functionally wrong with it. I was just bored senseless. And yeah, I get that it's like a disgustingly easy battle to teach you the mechanics, but I could already see that I was going to be bored senseless and fighting for my life, trying to be bored senseless quickly enough to compete. <laughs> just not my speed. Just not what I want to be doing with my time. Um, I gave it an honest try. I went in with an open mind. Uh, by the end of that mission, that openness had evaporated, unfortunately. Um, that's all we can so, ask for <laughs> yeah is what it is um, three we, other so, oh, sorry, so we won't have a um, oh my god a playthrough episode of Age of Empires 4 with all the crew oh we Play should well. anyway yeah. or, or if, we, if we do <laughs> I'm going to be horribly bad I'm, I'm not opposed <laughs> to doing that I will be much as better as we all it's know what's going to happen yeah Ages of Empires. Oh, uh, <laughs> very good. God damn it. I like, that. I like that. I'm rubbing off on you, Pala. It's not really good, but I like it. <laughs> what about this Void Bastards? I've heard this name before, and I'm like, what is this game? Yeah, so it's um, it's a procedural roguelike first-person shooter survival game. So you are... um. You are a prisoner in a universe with self-shading and a weirdly Monty Python-esque sense of humor um, who has been um, like sludged back to life by the company who owns your corpse um, to go and reclaim some item in like a missing vessel. Um, the gameplay revolves around you moving on like a star map, uh, managing resources, and then going onto ships, collecting what you can, and then leaving before your oxygen runs out or you die or, you know, something catastrophic happens to the ship. The gunplay is not great. For all of the procedural generation, every ship feels the same. The loop is quite repetitive. Um, I felt like I'd seen everything there was to see by the time my first character expired. And I wasn't particularly enthusiastic about playing more. I love the art style. I liked the premise. Uh, I'm a fan of the, the sense of humor. I think the humor was pretty good, actually. Uh, got a couple of chuckles at me from the time I was playing, but the core gameplay loop I found relatively dull. Mm. Um, and, and like I said, the shooting doesn't feel quite right. Mechanically, there was something about it, and this could just be me, there was something about it that felt a little bit off. Mm. Um, just wasn't wasn't feeling it. Um, this one I might give another try another time. I think I'm telling myself that more than anything, but it, it's not inherently bad. And it's been given away in various places. So I played for free. I'd gotten it through the Amazon Games platform if you have like an Amazon Prime or a Twitch subscription. Um, and if you happen to have it in your library from that, it's worth a go. It's not a big install. Um, there's probably like a group of people for whom those genre categories are more resonant that might jive with it much more than I did. Didn't really move the needle for me, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and then my other two retirements uh, were Hardcore Upriding, 
Uprising, Uprising, <laughs> which is like a, a, a spiritual successor to Stroke, um, prequel to the Contra series. Uh, this game is unfathomably difficult, mm. cruel and punishing, and kind of fun to play, but just very, very frustrating. Uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't feeling this one either. Uh, the art style is lovely. It's like 2D, but with hand-drawn character models. Um, controls well, animates well. The sound design is pretty good. It is just real old-school design sensibilities, and it is fucking hard. And at the time I started playing it, like I was in bed recovering, and I wasn't particularly feeling that kind of experience probably won't come back to this one i think it, it's one of those where it's not worth the lost opportunity cost for the amount of time it would take to get good enough to beat it yeah and uh, <laughs> the last one and i i kind of was expecting something from either of you i don't know why but yeah that's yeah it's just not worth it and the last one i i retired retired this today and this also wasn't worth it uh magrunner dark pulse this is what if portal but magnets, and also mm. not nearly as good polish. I played the opening 10 minutes, played a couple of puzzles. It's like, cool. No, thank you. <laughs> I. It's worth saying as well, this is a game from the PS3 era that somehow manages to stutter on a relatively modern laptop on medium settings. It's not a well-optimized PC port. Mm. Functionally, it's okay. They clearly tried to give it a bit more of a story. I did not find anything compelling about the story. Um, I have to say, it did make me laugh. The uh, the mentor character says to you almost immediately, the, the framing of this game is, um, there's this genius scientist type who's developing some tech, and they've opened a competition for like the best of the best to come and see who's best at using this technology. Um, and your character is one of those people his mentor is like speaking to him through like a private comms link. And he goes, ah, oh, I don't know how good my security will be while you're in here. I'm going to save the talking for when you're in elevators between floors. <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking come on. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> don't lie to me, game. <laughs> so, yeah, I wasn't, wasn't super impressed by that. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's not my vibe. It's a puzzle game, so it was never quite going to work. And also... Not a great one at that, like utterly forgettable. Um, but again, no loss because I got it free on GOG. So, well, wouldn't if you if you have it free, I wouldn't even recommend it. Though I'd say go and play Portal again. Yeah. Well, then why um, don't yeah, we? That, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say why don't we let no, Paola was, yeah. um, talk for a little bit now since we've been going for ages because yeah. it's time to talk about what we're playing. Paolo, what are you playing? I know, because Paolo, you, you just had a busy freaking, this is your like time of the year. You're just like, you, you're slammed right now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, like right now, I I should be doing some homework, actually, just at this time, but we have to record some time, so. <laughs> I don't, I, I you didn't say have, you've like, got homework to beat. I have homework, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. So, first of all, I'm flooded with homework. It is that time of year. And also, I went to two birthday parties, uh, one during the weekend, one in the weekend. Mm -hmm. If this was about tabletop games, I would have more to talk about. 
but sadly it is not. It's about I'm getting games. into tabletop gaming again, actually. So maybe we can talk about that at some point. <laughs> yeah, I well, do recommend Sushi Go Party. Oh, uh, I am playing. I swear, I'm still playing Pure Fairy Fading Memories. Oh, sorry, I, I was actually asking about your tabletop it. stuff, but oh. sorry, you keep going. <laughs> I was curious. Okay. I was like, what are you oh. playing tabletop wise? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the tabletop game. So, <laughs> I played uh, Viticulture, which is a game about um, cultivating um, grapes and making wine. Amazing. So, and it, it is it is beautiful. It is like set up in Italy, and so you have um, lyres or liras that are the currency, and hmm. you have oh, to course, like anyway. yeah. Cultivate your graves. You have to. Oh my god! You have to. Um. What's the word for? What's the word for this? Oh my god! The word you use when you, um, take the fruit out of the out of the plant. Pick harvest. Harvest. That's the word. Thank you. Yeah, you have it. to harvest your your grapes, and then you have to make the grapes, and you have to sell um, the wine to 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 get like victory points. And the first one to get to, I think, it was twenty victory points at the end of the year because the rounds are set up as years, where you first have summer, and you can then cultivate your grapes and do other like tourist oriented stuff and build buildings and stuff like that. And you, then you have the autumn where you um, draw some cards for the winter. And then you have the winter where you um, harvest and make your wines and nice. overall like just try to get ahead in the game. I'm and so it is quite fun. What was the name of the game again? I missed, I, I kind of missed the title at the beginning. It is Viticulture. I'll... Write it on. Yeah, write it the... down for me. It's neat. Yeah, I've been I've um, been uh, getting obsessed with the Middle Earth strategy battle game again, and I'm just like, fuck, I'm getting back into my nerd shit again. <laughs> I could recommend a couple. Like we have quite a quite a number of games of tabletop games here because we could just love them. Nice. Um, I also played. <laughs> I feel like cheating talking about the tabletop games, but okay. Um, I also played uh, what's the game? Right? <laughs> a sushi go party. Oh, sushi go. I mean, sushi, sushi go. Yeah, that's a good game. And it is amazing because it is a very fast game. To be fair, mm-hmm. and the thing about it is, is that each player draws a number of cards depending on the number of players and you have to pick a sushi card and reveal it at the end of the turn and you have to give your hand to the other player and have the the other player at your left give you their hand and pick another card and you go that way like in a conveyor belt a sushi conveyor belt picking like the the this, the plates you want from from a group of plates to get as much points as many points as possible. Nice. Um, there are some cards that depending of, on which uh, ma- menu you're playing, some cards will give you points based on the number of cards you collected, or, or only if you have like 
three or two cards collected and some will be like okay if you pick if you pick two you get more points but if you pick zero three you get zero points or like if you are the the player with the least amount of this type of card you will get less points like subtracted points from your total mm. so you have to pick very smartly because you could end up with a lot of unfinished stuff or like you could be tricked into drawing that last card that will give you like minus points it's a deceptively so, simple game but it's quite fun. Yeah. <laughs> and most of these games you, have you can to play online, too. Memory yeah, yeah, on Tabletop Simulator, especially. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other one that I've been playing a lot of, which is more of a TCG rather than a tabletop per se, is Mythos y Leyendas, or Myths and Legends in English, which is a Chilean a trading card game And the objective of the game is to make the like make the opponent lose all their cards from the deck. Mm. But at the same time, you have to draw cards from the deck to set up your table and set up your game. And there, in the edition that we're playing, that is first block, there are five types of cards that are allies that are the cards that usually deal damage weapons which you can equip your allies with um talismans which are like you play them and then you discard them they are like one play kind of cards and you have um what's the name of this um totems that will stay there until your opponent destroys them, which is very rare in the format we're playing. And you have golds, which some have abilities, some do not have abilities, but you use them to pay for the other cards. And it is quite fun because you can build your deck however you want. Um, as long as you stay within the rules that are okay, you have to be like fifty. You have to have fifty cards exactly, and there are cards that are like regular regulating tournaments. And hmm. in the group, you have like a couple of band cards because they are like, no, we don't play that here. This is a <laughs> this is a Mister Household. <laughs> we don't hmm. do that here. So and... is this game like like Magic the Gathering for South America? Because like this is what it feels like you're, you're just describing a little bit. You could say it is like Magic the Gathering and a lot of because um, it sounds ways, like popular shit down there, isn't it? It is very popular in Chile, first of all, because it is a lot cheaper than Magic the Gathering and Pokemon. Yeah. Like one. Um, booster pack of with ten cards would cost you, let's say, a dollar and a half here. Um, for Mythic uh, Legends, mm. one gather the uh, Magic the Gathering booster pack will, uh, will cost you thrice as much. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. thanks. And since we decide what to play as a group, 
this is like the best idea ever we ever have because it is quite accessible. Uh, we have nice. a format where you can only choose one of the pick one of the races and have a, like a free support. So all your allies have to be the same race, uh, which there are like twelve of them. So I'm not gonna name them, uh, name <laughs> them all here. Hmm. And yeah, that's that's the game. You have cool. to destroy the the other players deck and finally you win and hopefully they don't have anything to destroy your allies or talismans or whatever <laughs> and now with the video games i swear i'm hmm. still playing the fair fighting memories i swear i'm still playing the lines of the link to the past i don't i haven't done anything <laughs> like noteworthy to say here the one game that i've been playing a lot of is guardian tales for hmm. android and i have to say Yamo Bonito, the pretty master, the um, I think his name is Garam, uh, has come home forcefully because the banner was over, but or is almost over, and I have like no wishes left. So at the end, I just bought him with the tickets you get from uh, from like the, the, making the wishes for image, and I unlock quite a lot of stuff. Let me. I had to open the game because I don't know the name of all the stuff. <laughs> because there's a lot of stuff and oh my god, it's gonna go well. So first of all, um, I unlocked a big part of the multiplayer because we talked about the Colosseum last last week, and I unlocked uh, the other parts of the multiplayer. There are like four sections. One of them, I don't remember the game, the name of it, but you have you have a three, a team of three, counting yourself, and you have to control the center of an area uh, for a set amount of time, and the uh, and the team that does it wins pretty much, and you can like die and respawn an infinite amount of times, but you don't want to die, you want to control the area. And you have the co-op play, where you play with a team of four players in total. And you have to clear a level. And those are like pretty difficult if you don't know what, I do, what you're doing, or if you don't have like any healers in your party, because you don't have any, heal any time to, any way to heal your units as you have like in, um, single player, and there's the arena where you play one on one with another uh, player. It says real time battle with other players. I haven't tried this because oh my god, are you kidding me? This thing is really open and it is, it is open now. Um, and then you have the cop defense that is a monster defense with with four players as a team, which I haven't tried at out yet because each time I enter the game uh, it is closed and these boats have like uh, a schedule where you can play so I I guess it is so you don't kill the server by having all the players have all, play all the modes at the same time so you the, the modes kind of take turns in that regard and finally you have I oh I also unlocked the which I haven't tried yet because you have a monotype team to 
to participate to take part on it, but I think it doesn't it doesn't use Savit, I think. But it's pretty much the tower, but you only have to use one type file, I like a fire type, a water type, an earth type, basic type, like type of dark type. And finally, I unlock the world exploration, which is this is Fire Emblem <laughs> in a way. Because you you have teams that move as a unit, like a fire emblem, but when you attack the enemy, you enter like in the classic um, action adventure kind of battle thing. And you can move your units on your map and discover things and over chests and cool. just stuff like that. And it is quite fun, which sucks because you can only play, you, you are given like one stamina per day to play the the word exploration thing. Unless you and pay. Then, that you want you, to pay you, you actually can't play. You can't pay for the stamina for the world exploration thingy. Oh, okay. I take it back. Ish. <laughs> There's also the merch, the merch forge, where you can craft merch, which is a kind of item that you can give to your allies. Um, with um, that will help them in any way, like um, with their with their stats, pretty much. Oh my God, words are hard today. Finally, <laughs> you have the expedition and the farm, which I haven't unlocked. But you can build a farm of your own. It seems that this game wants to be like everything at the same time, and I think that's all that I've unlocked um for the game i'm just checking to see oh i also unlocked the nightmare mode where you can go back to past areas and you go like through the same map site with a higher difficulty and you get to see like how the area has changed since you last went there so and it's not like oh you go through the same path and battle the same bosses but it's more difficult no you have an entirely different story uh, that complements the main story. And it has been very fun. There's a lot of content in the, in the game that if I have to say it is a good thing and a bad thing because you always have something to do each time you log in the game, which for mm -hmm. a mobile phone, I think it is very nice <laughs> because you never know when you have like those five minutes where you have like mm. when you have time to kill it's like oh i have only five minutes what can i do and you can you always have something to do here but at the same time if you like playing like only on big chunks of time it can get really overwhelmed so i only recommend like i recommend doing this like in smaller chunks during the way during the day because otherwise it gets like this is too much and um, finally i started um pokemon white this is a replay on my ds because i was i didn't know what to do i had like half an hour and i was like okay i have my hack 3ds with me here at my boyfriend's house i am not home yet and and i can i i had like that itch to play something something about like pokemon-esque or like something like didn't take quite of like a lot of my attention 
So I was like, okay, I'm going to play Pokemon White. The thing about Pokemon White is that I like the game, but I don't like a lot of the Pokemon designs. So what I did was put in a, um, a cheat code, which made every single time you get a random encounter, have a random Pokemon. Mm. So, which totally solves the okay. I've played this game before. I don't want to have the same team because that's right. boring. But I don't want to use the other Pokemon because they're ugly. And one thing I have to say is that I enjoy the story of Pokemon White quite a lot. But the one thing that I don't like a lot is are the designs. And it is funny because I really adore the designs of the new Pokemon in Pokemon Star and Chill. But I cannot touch that game again with a 10 foot tall oh my god 10 foot pull even if you have me a gun point the mere thought um, has reduced you to speechlessness yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I quite like the overall setting of Pokemon White mainly because there's a lot of things addressed that don't get addressed in a lot of other Pokemon games or that get addressed like from this Pokemon game uh, that are like first of all the big team leaders they do have works and lives like outside being of a, a gym leader so for example Lenora as is like the manager of a museum the the director of a museum sorry and there you have three brothers that have a restaurant and stuff like that. That are like little things that sparkle some more flavor into the world. But you also have your uh, kind of like childhood friends that are Jaren and Bianca. And one thing that I don't see often in these games, Bianca's father was is actually like against his daughter going on an adventure because it is dangerous. Because of course, but having like these um monsters that have the power some have the power to probably destroy a city being your uh, like having your daughter like exposed to those uh these animals are, are probably like very dangerous yeah that probably sounds like something not every father wants to 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 have happen to their family and especially you're going on an adventure alone. Let's remember these kids are 10 years old. Where you have like... I was going to say, let's be honest. The Pokemon games make no sense. It's like, hey, 10-year-old, go save the world. <laughs> like, okie dokie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting when they actually address this. And... So he does come around and says, like, okay, you can do whatever. You're you're a big girl. No, you're not a big girl. You're 10 years old. God damn it. Yeah, because they can't um, actually deal with it, right? Like, <laughs> you can talk about it for a second yeah. and then go, but let's still go on the adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right now, I made a rule to not, like, try to randomize my team forever. So I... I don't want to play a Nuzlocke, but I took like one of the Nuzlocke rules where I can only catch the one of the... I can catch the first Pokemon I see on an area, and I can only reroll that two times. Uh, so right now I have... Uh, I think the name is Agotira, that it is a psychic type Pokemon from the region, which I wouldn't normally have because it is in the other version of the game, Pokemon Black. 
Hmm. And obviously, I wouldn't have a psychic type this early in the game. And I also have a shroomish, which I've never used in my life, which is the, the this grass type Pokemon from the Hoenn region third generation. And it evolves into a grass fighting type, which is horrendous. Like you don't want any flying type going like a mile near that thing. But I think it's gonna be like a very interesting challenge. I also choose the um the fire type of the region, which I've I've never chosen before. I play both this game and the sequel like at least two times each. And I've never chosen the fire type, so let's have the fire type just for variety. And sorry for my ramblings. I probably used a lot of time just in the tabletop. Well, you didn't TCGs, talk much but... at all for most of the episode. Exactly. You gotta have your chance now. <laughs> um, and you haven't played much for Steam um, Next Fest, so. I <laughs> am sorry. No, it's fine. You're busy. Uh, here, let me blast through what I'm playing because I actually don't. Uh, have much to say on these because they're just kind of in progress though i did an oopsie um and i entirely forgot that i beat the lord of the rings the third age <laughs> so oh, man <laughs> let's pretend that uh <laughs> this is a beaten segment for a second <laughs> um yeah i just oh, I, I beat this game but I, I really don't have a lot more to say about it because it's an ff10 style game um um in the lord of the rings did someone just... oh okay i did i'm moving it up to the complete well we'll just leave it there because i do it in chronological order now so ah fair enough i'm done doing it you're done there we go you're behind the scenes there you go. thanks um so um <laughs> yeah this one like it's really really evident that they did not have much time to finish the game like I feel as though, and it's it's honestly a shame because it's mechanically it's really good, and like it even looks quite good too, even with this like the texture updates, um, and the battles are actually very fun. It's the best part, which is good, you know. Like you would hope that the combat is actually the most enjoyable, and all of the characters really have unique skill sets uh, that kind of synergize with each other quite well. Um. It's just a shame that, like, by the end, when you're getting to, like, Gondor, essentially, it's just kind of, like, battle, 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 battle. And then for the last couple battles, they're, like, all right. So, I know at first we were kind of making this, like, they this sort of could have happened in Lord of the Rings. But then they're, like, now you're just going to fight the Eye of Sauron. <laughs> like, you just literally fight the eyeball. <laughs> I was, like, what? Okay, that's weird, but uh, sure, why not? <laughs> You're like, okie dokie. And then, like, it's like, I'm, and by the way, if you think this is spoilers, motherfucker, have you watched Lord of the Rings? Like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> I don't know. At this point, oh, yeah, Rick. God damn it. Watch Lord of the Rings, damn it. <laughs> Watch the movies. <laughs> They're so good. Um, or listen to Andy Serkis read the books. They're very good. Um, Ooh. Yeah, he does a really good job. You know, listen to the books. No. Like I try to read, I try, I like, I like, I like reading. I legitimately mm -hmm. try to read Lord of Rings, and I cannot stand when when Tolkien like starts describing the trees, the branches, and literally 
He loves nature I opened, magic. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I opened the the book like in a random page and the first mm-hmm. the first line in the page was like, Oh, and when I look at the sky, there were like these clouds that were like darker than the clouds before. It's very pastoral, and I'm like, yeah. Nope. But it's worth saying as well, randomizing doesn't work nearly as well in books. It really doesn't. <laughs> but I would, I would really recommend, like, if you have a hard time reading them, I really think the audiobooks are an excellent way of engaging with Lord of the Rings because, like, Andy Circus is so good. And it feels like you just have, like, I don't know, like, your grandpa or someone, like, just sitting and reading to you. And, of course, you know, it, he does a really good job. The Gollum voice is, like, a little rough. But, like, other than that, it's awesome. <laughs> Which is a joke. There's an well. irony to that. <laughs> no, really? I'm kidding. Yeah. He, his Gollum voice was perfect. I'm right, joking. Okay. He was All obviously right. perfect. I'm, he voiced I'm, Gollum in the fucking movies. I'm tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, anyway, but the game itself, uh, Cyber, I think, just commented on this. I actually remember playing it when he was young. It said that the, when they were young, it said that the the movie video video bits weren't good um, back then either. So I'm like, okay, it's not just me now. Like it always looked crunchy. <laughs> Um, it's also why I think the video clips are why the game is split onto two discs because I see no reason why it would have to be split onto two discs otherwise because the game's not that big. <laughs> so I'm like, no. yeah, it's definitely a case of like, there's a lot of movie in here. Um, anyway, other than that, I'm playing a Attorney Investigations 2 Prosecutor's Path. I'm on the last case now. I'm getting there. Yeah. It's really good. It's it's still, it's it feels longer than the other Ace Attorney games. That's something I will say. Yeah. It's a, it's it's a little bloated. I love it, but it's a bit bloated. Uh, this is this is for the diehards. I, th- that's what I'm gonna say. Like it's great. I love the characterization they're doing with Miles. But these two games, I I now understand why they, they didn't really come here um, because they're great and it's fantastic and it's a really interesting story. But it, it's a lot. It's a lot, um, and it's great. But it's a lot. I love it very much. But I recognize as I'm playing it, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of motherfuckers who would tap out by now. Um, even though by doing so, they're going to miss some incredible stuff. Um, I just think, I honestly feel like, you know, diehard wise, it's like, okay, well, we know that these two games exist. We have Investigations, Investigations 2. They're there. They're, they exist. They're fine. If they were to bring this game back, I would love to see a like director's cut that smashes the two of them together and fucking edits some shit because I think you could yeah. really make something superb. It just feels a little bit like it feels like they were kind of allowed to just do what they wanted, which is great. But I think it could have used a slight editor's touch um, just a bit, you know, just a little bit. Uh, that being said, I fucking love it it's really great <laughs> and it's like and like oh i say all that and yet it's shaping up to be like a 9.5 or 10 for me so like you know what i mean but that's that's a me thing i love ace attorney i'm getting the fucking statue of miles and fucking phoenix right so you know i'm biased <laughs> but i just tried to take my my rose tinted glasses off for a second there <laughs> um started scorn i'm gonna pause scorn uh because i started on pc but it's really gross and I want to play it on my big TV so I can see all the gross better. Mm. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> disgusting. It is viscerally uncomfortable in all of the absolute best ways. This game 
is going to turn off a lot of fucking people. And it's got this kind of organic puzzle solving, <laughs> literally fleshy, but also like, you're kind of just like, got to figure it out. You're like, I don't know what's going on, but just poke around, buddy, um, which I'm digging. So anyway, that one's on pause for a bit. I just started Lost in Random on Switch. Uh, really pretty. It's this EA Originals game about dice. It's this world of like the master dice something. And I've, I've literally just started. It seems like platformy. There's like a little bit of like Slingshot Shooty, something to do with dice ga- gameplay. You fight stuff. It has really cute um, artistic stylings. It looks a little bit like that, uh, I don't know, like Paranorman or like Nightmare Before Christmas. Actually, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like anything theme version, yeah. Yeah, it's very Tim Burton-esque. And I I love games that do this shit. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Why don't we have more games that look like Tim Burton movies or fucking Pixar movies? You know what I mean? I'm like, come on. Like, like, video games are perfect for that. Um, So, yeah, great game. Anyway, that's it. Rick, what about you? Yeah, so um, I'll start with games I am technically still playing but have not touched for the past, like, week and a bit. Um, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past for the Game Boy Advance. Evoland for Android. Those two. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure I had to go through them all. I was like, which ones have I played? Which ones haven't I? Um, I played a bit more of Jack Move. Still a wonderful little RPG. Um, nice. The pixel art's lovely. It's definitely a little bit too easy for the most part. Hmm. I did go to a different area for a side mission and almost got it handed to me a couple of times the the battle system's pretty cool because it's just your protagonist so it's a, a single party turn-based system but there's a move called a cache where you can it's like defaulting in bravely default but mm. there's no brave option basically um but it also doubles up as a defensive maneuver um and because there's sort of various things that you can do with that extra turn that synergize in um and it's only you those decisions are um magnified in their importance and it's a really clever way of of fleshing that system out a little bit the world's really good um the story's good so far although i am still relatively early and i've only played a couple of hours of this game total and it's worth saying the game looks like it falls short of the 10 hour mark overall um so still a fair bit to go i'm just really really glad i discovered this game through the next fest and i'm really really enjoying cool. picking into it now um played some more of guacamelee 2 some more guacamelee and they really they've really struck lightning twice as far as i can tell um one little thing to shout out on this there is a, a track in the soundtrack called los manglares fucking incredible it's got like a really jazzy little sort of trumpet motif through it uh, an incredible baseline. Yeah, it's on my Spotify playlist now. It's good tunes and it's good game, and I like it a lot. Um, what else have I been playing? Uh, oh, speaking of Castlevania and playing all those games, um, I was telling Alex and Pallet just before we started recording. Uh, I finally pulled my finger out and got um, Dolphin running on my computer. And the first thing that I played with Dolphin. Um, is Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth, uh, the M2-helmed remake of Castlevania The Adventure for Game Boy, which I played maybe a couple of months back now. Infinitely better than what it's based on. Really, really well done reimagining of the game. Retains a lot of the feel, retains the more stiff movement, retains the 
slightly awkward staircases, um, but takes liberties in all the right places. So, for example, in the original game, as long as you had full health, similar to Zelda's sword, your whip was stronger and it fired out a flaming projectile. Um, instead, in Rebirth, um, there are lots of these little power-ups where if you pick it up, you're like super powered for an amount of time, your whip is more powerful and fires out a fireball. Um, it looks greatly expanded, so it's like an inspired by kind of thing. So you can tell some of the areas are the same and some of the enemies are the same, but they're put together quite differently. There's an extra mini boss I've already come across that I don't recognize um, from the original game. It's great. It's a shame that this is stranded on WiiWare and you can't yeah. officially get it anymore. God knows this is a game that would be incredible to play on Switch, for example. Um, but Dolphin's a really lightweight emulator. I'm playing it at 3x resolution native um, with a DualShock 4 and I'm having a whale of a time. And I've downloaded quite a few WiiWare and Wii games for Dolphin, so watch this space on that front. Um, I started... <laughs> this is another fun curiosity. Um, this, believe it or not, Alex and Paolo's Treasures, I think, second game after Gunstar Heroes. Okay. And the game in question is McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure for the Genesis. Um, hard as balls, I have to say. Quite difficult so far. So Ronald's moveset consists of a jump that is more like a, a star jump come penis thrust. Which is a bit inappropriate. Oh, I've fucking for, seen this. Yeah, he does that weird. <laughs> yeah, it, the only thing I can liken it to is you know it takes two the the male character yes. when he does the dash and it's like someone's thrown a fishing line and they've hooked it on the front of his like Junk. Um, waistband and just yanked. <laughs> That's what the jump looks like. It's very strange. Um, he also has like a magic projectile attack thing. And the third move on the Genesis controller is to throw a scarf upwards. And there's various like hook points that you can pull yourself onto and like connect to zip lines, like a really, really rudimentary sort of bionic commando type thing. Um, there are one hit kills in this game um, or enemies that have one hit kills. You do have like a life bar. Um, everything feels tight. Um, the environments are, are pretty well detailed for a Genesis game. Ronald McDonald is suitably fucking terrifying. I think I'm going to beat it more as a curiosity rather than the game having anything inherently to say for itself in this, the year of our Lord 2022. Like, it's a fine mascot platformer, but even at the time, they were a dime a dozen. Um, this is purely a matter of curiosity, and um, I'm trying to play every game that Treasure ever released. Um, and this is sort of first up because I already played Gunstar Heroes in its 3DS port. Um, mm. So yeah, wouldn't wouldn't necessarily recommend this one, but like it holds up to the extent that a, a mascot platformer can. Um, and <laughs> it is a game. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, this game sure does have graphics and sound and controls. But speaking uh, of a um, better and, game. And, Yes, so how long to beat the game game? How long to beat the game game? It's Resident Evil 2 for PC. And <laughs> such a well-optimized game. Plays really well on what is an aging gaming laptop. I haven't played far. I think I played more when I played the demo a couple of years ago than I've played with the full game so far. 
Mm. Like I've just gotten to the police station. Nice. Who did you choose? Which I think is where the demo started. Uh, I chose Leon. Nice. I I was like, hang on, is he called Chris? But Leon, yeah. No, that's it's Leon for this one. Yep, Leon and Claire. It is Leon for this one. Good stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I picked Leon um, in this instance. I honestly don't remember that. It, it's a few days since I played the opening to this game. I genuinely thought you just played as him. I know in the, the original you could pick between the two. But no, you pick between is two. Is it still like they're two distinct? Okay. Two distinct stories. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, okay. With shared locales, but there are different moments within and different puzzles. Hmm. Um, some puzzles are shared, some aren't. Uh, but uh, it is it is it is a distinct experience. Yeah. And uh, it's a lot. Okay. It's got good Yeah, so... <laughs> I, and this is the thing, like, I, I'm pretty confident I'm going to have a good time with this one. I really enjoyed the demo when I played it. It just didn't become a priority. Um, as it happened in the intervening time, my brother bought the game. And so via family sharing, I am able to experience it. Um, yeah, very appropriate in time for spooky season. I mean, in terms of the way I'm going to try and play this out, like, Evoland, Jack Move, Castlevania the Adventure, McDonald's, Treasureland, like, that's a couple of hours each for those games to finish mm-hmm. them on. And the plan is to pick at those over the next week around Resident Evil being sort of the big focal point game. Guacamelee, I'm not far into, and it's really, really great, but it's one that I know is going to be really easy to pick back up. Yeah. Um, so in terms of where I'm going with these, that's the present plan. Uh, are you replaying Resident Evil 2 for this, Alex? Or I don't know. I, I've been debating this a little bit because there are so many goddamn games to play right now. I think what I'm going to do... Ain't that the truth? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't think I'm going to do a full replay, but I do think I'm going to uh, download the VR mod um, and try that on Ooh. PC because um, I, I want to do that. It's just, I got to wait until I'm back in Edmonton uh, at the end of this week. Um, so I'm just kind of on like a because like, I, I can't. I could I could connect it to my laptop, but I, I don't want the cords, you know. And I need that good internet for that stream and shit. So uh, I get that. Yeah. Anyway, I I I am going to play some. I'm just probably not because I've this I've played this game three times already. So like I. I know what's up. <laughs> hmm. um, but yeah, I will do some just so I can talk about what that experience is like. And then Paolo will get on it eventually because I think you just wait until you get back, right, yeah. as well? Yeah, I'm waiting to get back home, which should be around Wednesday. So oh, then I'm going to try to uh, coerce my boyfriend into joining me in this adventure via Discord because I am... I am I'm, I am too much of a chicken to just play this alone. It is a scary game. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I'm used to it at this point, but yes, it is a frightening game. So that's a good idea. Is it more spooky than Silent Hill? I don't know. Yeah, but in different ways. Um, okay. I, I mean, this one, like current Silent Hill, yeah, way fucking spookier because it just looks much better and is like modern old silent hill now is kind of you kind of laugh a little bit at it right because it's like it's fucking old <laughs> uh, but not this one um if silent hill were to be remade it would probably blow the scariness of resident evil out of the water but <laughs> uh that's that's it um okay so let's talk steam next fest i'm thinking we gotta blaze through this so i've got a, i have an oh, idea definitely. for this um which you take it or leave it but I'm, I'm gonna do maybe some elevator pitches for some of these games um, and then maybe we can talk about a couple that really stick out to us, maybe, uh, in a little more detail. Because um, there's a couple that we all played um, that, I don't know. So take it or leave it. But I'm going to try something here, because at least to go through a little quicker. Because some of my games, I don't have a lot to talk about. Um, I'm going to let you do that and see how it goes. 
Yeah, it should be fine. <laughs> Hellcard. This is a little demo game. It's basically a, it's a weird game. You're like in the center of this like circle with enemies coming into the circle and you have cards and you play the cards down onto specific enemies to attack them. It's clearly meant to be a co-op game um, because when you play it single player in the demo, they don't give you other AI companions because they clearly haven't coded that yet. And it's impossible, absolutely impossible to play without AI companions. <laughs> After two hmm. levels, the first two levels, you're like, oh, I can't, I'm getting the hang of this. And the third level, you're like, and I just, that was impossible. I got completely swarmed. Uh, so not a fan. Um, <laughs> Homicidal All-Stars is XCOM 2, but just like cheaper and not as good and hard to justify. It's fine. It's like a weird, like, you're yeah. like, it's, yeah, it's like apocalypse and you're like in a blood bowl kind of thing. And you're like, a weird, it's fine. I, I wasn't hugely impressed by it, but if you're like super strapped for more XCOM style gameplay, um, then yeah, you'll probably find some enjoyment here, but that's a genre with like some fucking bangers in it, you know? Um, I, mm. So it's a little hard, a little hard to justify. And I can't tell if there's any kind of story mode. It seems more just like roguelite. It's like, it's kind of like roguelighting the XCOM experience, which to me, don't know how great that's going to work, but let them try it out. Um, Inculinati, incredible. This is awesome. I stopped playing this actually after the tutorial because I was like, no, fuck no. I'm going to play this on my own when it comes out. You play as medieval monks who are battling each other while drawing on um, like manuscripts. So you're drawing like medieval art that fights each other on a line. Um, uh, very cool. It's like Darkest Dungeon Combat. Yeah, and it's fucking awesome. And so you're like you're like this knight fighting against like a nun, and it's hilarious, and it's great, and it's very Monty Python. This is one to like put on your wish list and watch out for it because it's dope. Colour yeah. me Yeah. I watched the trailer for that back on I don't know where, when. Yeah. And yeah, this is a must fight. This is a must play. Absolutely. Super original, super fun. Uh and surprisingly quite deep, actually. Like a lot of mechanics in here. Um, I'm going to skip the next one to talk with Paola about in a minute. Uh, the Pale Beyond. The, for some reason, there were two stuck in the Arctic 18th century um, ship faring games. I, I didn't hmm. know this was a thing. Um, so the Pale Beyond is like, this one I think actually is uh, very cool. So it's like, um, it, no reminds, <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of some of Inkle's games. <laughs> where it's kind of like this narrative sort of choose your own adventure survival game where you're set on an expedition to go find somebody in the Arctic. And so you're like the captain first mate. And so you have to make a bunch of decisions and you have to like keep track of all your stuff. And I, I just stopped because like the narrative stuff is really good in it. Beautiful art. Writing seems really good. This is going to be a great game. And I think it's one to keep like an eye on um, because it's, it's looking good. On the opposite side, there's Terror Endless Night, which fucking sucked. And it was, <laughs> at least from my experience, it's like this survival game and they, they plop you into like far into the game. And they're like, we just want you to get an experience with the whole thing's like. And you're like, okay, but you know, the problem with you doing that is I have no fucking clue what any of this means or what the hell is going on. And it was just, the UI felt rough. It was like, they were, they were bombarding you with too much text and the text wasn't all that interesting. And uh, you were just kind of like managing stuff on the ship. I wasn't a fan. Um, okay, doing good. Uh, Retro Gadgets, incredible. This is a little, like, 
this isn't really a game. It's like software. You make retro gadgets, but like literally you it's program it. simulator. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. I played it, but I didn't put it on my list. because I was like, I don't get this. I'm going to wait till it comes out and people do some tutorials and stuff. And then I'll maybe come back to it. Yeah. And the thing is, you got to know how to code. Could be really fun if you know how to do that. Uh, but I don't really. I do a bit, but not enough. Not this language. Um, Soulstone Survivors, kind of neat. It's like a auto battler kind of, but like you're like running around and like, it's like, there's like waves and waves of enemies coming at you and you're like, your moves and your attacks are auto firing. But as you collect like stones, you get new skills that you can slot in. And so you're just like getting more and more powerful as more and more kind of creatures come at you. Kind of neat, but I could see it, it. Like I actually, after one round was like, I've had enough, you know? Like, I, I can't see any replayability. It's, like, neat to try, but I can't imagine playing it. Last mm. one, Wild Frost. Uh, this one's great. Card Battler. Uh, it's, like, a, it's a roguelite, but it's, like, all kind of, like, wintry-themed. Um, but you have three lanes as you're playing, and you can move all your characters between the lanes to, like, attack the enemies and, like, play your cards. It's great. I, I love these kind of games, so I'm into it. Um... And then I'm going to tag in one here that I will tag Powell in. Manor Lords. I mean, for one, it's amazing, but not for me. It's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. It's one dude, too. Yeah, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> From what I played, looks more like a city builder, but though I know there are like other lords in the map, which I still don't know the purpose of them. There's real-time battles, uh, apparently. I, oh, right. Then it depends on the on the set, you know, like the one of the three modes to pick, because I mm -hmm. think one of them is like with battles, and one of them is like just try to have the best civilization ever yeah. uh, that there, there, were ever, there ever was. And the thing about it is that First of all, you don't have a grid, yeah, no which grid. is very weird. It's very weird in this type of game. You can freely put any building like anywhere you want, mm -hmm. and you have like different views of the map where you can see like where the water flows like underneath the earth. There yeah. are other maps of other modes of the map where you can see which uh, places are better to grow which food. And other things like that. And, and go ahead. And I was going to say, to give a little bit of context I, too, I realized I didn't give any context. It's like it's like medieval um, England, I suppose. I would say actually, like I mean, it, it seems like yeah. medieval Europe in general. But it's like you're a you're a a manor lord essentially in England, and you like have like a a lord fiefdom. of the manor, yeah, yeah, and you mm -hmm. you have a little fiefdom that you run, and so you're you're like building it up and taxes and stuff winter is brutal when winter hits you better have enough food and firewood yeah. or, or else you're gonna fucking die <laughs> yeah or even just rain because you have to have uh, buildings that protect your resources from the rain otherwise yeah. you will lose a lot of wood and a lot of wood so there's a lot of stuff uh, packed in here that you have to understand so you can build the your uh your matter like to the best of of your abilities because otherwise you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. There's also not like, it's, it's super beta. Like, you know, like it's like really, I would say early on, like there's a lot of stuff that's like just placeholder names and things. And like, 
uh, for yeah. example, I had something that was broken because they asked me to do one objective and I had met the objectives, but it just wasn't triggering. So I couldn't like, up, I couldn't basically get the next thing I needed. And I was just kind of stuck in this loop of like, well, I can't, I can't get that thing. And I need that thing in order to actually keep playing this game. So yeah, it's like really neat to try out. Uh, but it's one of those things that I'm like, okay, when this gets like fully finished, it's going to be like pretty incredible. And it's like uh, one of the most, I would say, realistic um, depictions of medieval life I think I've seen in terms of like cities and whatnot in a long time. So yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the most impressive part is that I think there's only one developer working on this. It is. Yeah. It's just, it's just one dude. It's it's crazy. It looks gorgeous. And I'm like, what the fuck? How's this one guy doing this? Yeah, I don't know. It's Crystal Reef. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else did you play? Because you played another one, huh? Yeah, Castle for, Full of Cats. If you remember uh, Building Full of Cats, it is oh. practically the same with a nice little touches here and there. Because you play as, um, what was the name of the cat? I think it was Lily, the Calico Cat Detective that goes into this haunted mansion and she has to um, free the uh, cats from the curse and have them go back to being normal cats. So you have to find like these little cats with wings or like those cats with TV wings or like uh, a mummy cat or what was the other one? A fire cat or like cats with hmm. various different uh, spooky inspirations. And once you find them, they not only get highlighted, they go back to being normal cats, which is very cute. And I didn't go very far in this demo. Uh, it is one game that I want to play like the full release of, but it seems you have to find, uh, besides curing all these cats from the curse, you have to find Fofinho, with this, which is uh, the least the, beloved, pretty much. And he has, has gone missing, and that's the um, reason you have to go to to the manor, to the mansion, to the castle, uh, free, to <laughs> to go look for him, pretty much. All right, very Rick. cute. If you like any kind of games of this type, I would yeah. Like so go, Rick. I, Sorry. Nice. No, it's okay. No, no, no you're okay. Like, I, Rick blast I'm us. conscious of time because I, I went hard. I played. Seven you went way harder than demos. I thought. I was like, I, I was like, I'll play like eight or nine. I'm like ah. Yeah, you went crazy there, Rick. What the fuck? It, it's the first time I played every game I downloaded to play the demo, yeah. of. and part of it's just the stars aligned. Like it, it was a time when I had a lot of time that yeah, overlapped really with the did. next. <laughs> What what I've done in the interest of making this doable is I've split the games I played into the ones that are fine, TM, and as such aren't going to be subject to further discussion, the ones that I do want to sort of say a bit about. So uh, the fine ones are as following. Acker, Atone, Heart of the Elder Tree, Super Buckyball Tournament, The Night Witch, Neat, Vengeful Guardian, oh no, Vengeful Guardian Moonrider, that's all one, yeah, that one was a bit toss actually. Yeah, anyway. They're, they're, all the, they're the fine they're ones. They're all the fine ones. Um, the first one of the ones I actually want to talk about, you also played, Alex, and that's yes. Rhythm Sprout, which is a really, really charming, um, fresh little sort of RPG rhythm game hybrid. Yeah. It's like two buttons plus a dodge. Um, it's more focused on like beat and rhythm, it felt like. Yeah. Like the, the that component, you're almost playing the drum track, and it alternates between like moving and then combat, and it's like um, two different 
parts of the same song kind of thing. Shaping Up to be really cool. Also had some of the funniest like flavor text of any of the demos. Um, I shared it with you guys. There's a, a screenshot of like the opening bit where the king's like, "This is a demo, so I found some meaningless busy work that should hopefully sort of demonstrate how the game is for you, or something like that." But like calling out breaking the fourth wall, this is a demo. Like what you're doing doesn't really matter. Yeah, uh, really and cute. I hope that that sense, <laughs> I hope that sense of humor extends to the whole game because it will match what is you know quite strong mechanics as well. Um, played a game called Boxing Waifu. This is fucking weird. It's like Punch Out, but if it's in like a world where You've got. I can guess. I don't even know how to describe it. It's it's bad. I mean, the gameplay wasn't good. If we had more time, I'd dig into it more. But like, it's here because it's bad. So ah. yeah, not not super enthusiastic about that. By contrast, Nine Years of Shadow is like the Egovania we've been waiting for. Ooh, it, it's a, a Metroidvania mechanics, solid art, absolutely goddamn stunning. Seems like a relatively interesting story. And it also has like a, a mechanic where you have, if memory serves correctly, projectiles that also account for a shield bar. So it's almost like a regen health type thing from Halo, where you can take like two hits before you die, but you have this shield that also has an offensive component. So there's a real risk reward that ties into the gameplay. It gives it a unique feel while it also sort of hits all the right um all the right notes in terms of all the other components of it. So I'm really excited about this one. This is one that's got a lot of buzz around it anyway as well. Um, so next I just laughed for- a little because I was looking it up and I'm like, oh, it's already on my wish list. Okie dokie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, next one is Slay the Princess. Um, this is like the Stanley Parable type vibes hmm. um, with a, a much darker spin. This is, you know, like you mentioned with one of your games, Alex. I stopped playing this because I'm like, I want to play this when it comes out. I know I'm about this and I'm into it. Um the writing looks incredibly strong, which is always crucial for a game like this. Um, and the arts, I don't know if it's placeholder or if it's a stylistic choice, but it's like sketch hand-drawn type thing. But it, it fits the vibe quite well. Um, real good one there. Uh, Potionomics is already out. The demo was like real pre-release stuff. You can tell there's some pedigree on this game because the art is gorgeous. I think it's been in development for like six or seven years and it shows. Mm. Um, it's like... Um, do you remember a few weeks ago we had Resetia, an item shop tale or whatever it was, as the HRTB, the game game? No. It's that kind of thing. So you're running an item shop, but there's also like a, a card, like a deck building component to it in terms of haggling with customers. Um, and you're crafting the potions yourself. And there's like a visual novel component in that you're discussing um, things and trading with some other shopkeepers in and around where you're at. And that's also how you get new cards and do various other things looks almost as good as it plays. This is one I'm going to be buying in the next couple of weeks. Um, I was that enthusiastic about the demo. It's like £20 of your regional equivalent, so it's like a mid-budget sort of game. I think this is probably one that would speak to all of us. So this is Yeah, one it sounds I, I up my alley. <laughs> and, and it's reviewing really well as well. So it's not got many reviews on Steam yet, but as it stands, it's 95% positive. I was just looking at it. So um, this one I'm very, very excited about. Probably the one I'm most excited about of all the things I've played. Um, a few left to go. Enchain. Um, this is a little bit like um, a boomer shootery thing, but there's a grapple mechanic. Uh, looks like it does a lot interesting within that formula. There's a quite high skill ceiling as well, clearly. I didn't play much of the demo. I could tell there was lots left to learn, and, and you could see the flexibility to do a lot of crazy things. Reminded me a little bit of a, a game that I played at the demo for a while back that's still yet to come out called Shady Knight. 
um, in a good way. So this is one I'm keeping my eye about. It's a first-person shooter. I'm not sure entirely how clear I made that, but oh. um, low-poly look, real fast movement speed, degree of platforming, mild parkour, interesting package as a whole kind of thing. Um, into the final three, Venice 2089 is a really flawed adventure game. So it's set in future Venice. It's a, a girl who's there sort of living with a granddad trying to like help the place recover. Um, but it, it's, it does this Fez type thing where the world is on four planes, like you're moving around at 90 degree turns. There's a real disconnect between the way that fits in with the graphics and the mechanics and your character's got this hoverboard that they ride on, but it feels so stilted and weird. I just get such a strange vibe from the game, which is a shame because the art actually is quite nice. I think there's a real interesting story there based on what little I could bring myself to see. As a game, I just don't think it functions, not based on what I saw in the demo. Uh, maybe they turn it around. I'd like to think they do, but as it stands, one I'm very, very, very cool on. Um, the Eternal Cylinder is a 3d platformy type thing with a thomas was alone-esque uh voiceover could be great could be awful what i played was okay enough albeit a little bit um a little bit out of there it's also got very much like a, a terry pratchett-esque sort of sensibility to it so the eternal cylinder refers to a big fuck off cylinder that is forever rolling over the world and so what your character is doing is is denoted in some part by trying to advance the story, but also by not getting squashed. Um, seems real charming. Doesn't really speak to me. Um, maybe that changes come release time. The demo was a bit strange in that it did a really good job unintentionally of highlighting some of the rough edges and janky components of the game as it stands. But I think it's in a relatively early state, so not necessarily anything to worry about at this stage. Nevertheless, not not one of the ones that particularly jumped out at me. Just one that I thought there was enough interesting to say about that it should live here. Um, and finally, Turbo Kid. This is a BMX Troidvania. So it reminded me a little bit of, of Steel Rats in that there's a bike, but where Steel Rats locked you on the bike and made the bike quite unwieldy, um, Turbo Kid lets you get off the bike whenever, on the bike whenever. The bike teleports to you, so you're not worried about where you leave it. And the bike plays into movement and traversal while getting out of the way for combat and other components. Um, impressed by how it lent into the difficulty a little bit, as well as the Metroidvania component. Got sort of shades of Yoku's Island Express as well in the way that some of the traversal puzzles lent into the unique um, traversal mechanics you have at your disposal with the setup. Um, really nice sort of how to describe the kind of pixel art where it's not crisp like 16-bit, but it's just a bit more than 16-bit and you get a bit more of the shape while still remaining sort of very distinctly pixel arty. A little bit like, not Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. What pixel art? Anyway, for the sake of time, I'm not going to dig my brain into that too much. Safe to say it looks good, plays really well. This is another one I'm really, really enthusiastic about. Um, yeah, that's everything. Um, I wish we had more time to talk about them because this next fest was good. There were some bangers, mm. and particularly some bangers that are coming out in weeks, not months, which is always nice. 
and well, one of the benefits of the next festival when they can do it that way. Just go buy some and tell us all about them. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> <My> poor wallet. <laughs> yeah. um, well, then, in the interest of time, it is now time for. How long to beat the game? Power. It's your turn to tell us what game we're playing. Before we do, I love in the interest of time, but we still took 15 seconds to like sound out the the jingle for ourselves. That's just so you don't have to cut around it. You can just pop it in and it's easy in the edit. (laughs) You generally do. I still cut around it. I don't cut it. I just pop it in. It works great every time. Fair enough. Um, so really the contest is between Rick and Paola at this point because it's Paola with nine, Rick with 11, and me with four. I mean, I don't know. I could sweep this and maybe come close-ish, but I'm not, I'm not holding back hope. Let's put it that way. So Paola, what's the game? I mean, if you if you clean sweep this one, it would be, what, 9-9 nine, nine going into the last round? Yeah, it would be possible. Um, but it's not, I have, it's very rarely do clean sweeps happen. <laughs> That's true like um there are a lot of games that one of you or both know probably know the times about or like things that don't come all three times so give me a second here okay we have uh Klonoa, empire of dreams Ooh. the game boy advance i played this game see oh Paolo, what did i tell you no matter what you do Rick knows it. Rick has played every goddamn game on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> the, the GBA Clonoa games are great. There's also a Wonderstorm one. I, I have played some of these too, though, so that's fair. Um, you said you said Empire of Dreams, right? Yeah. Um, the bonus question is going to be yeah. the Japanese uh, original release date. So, Ooh, the Japanese release date. That's interesting. Okay. Well, so Japanese release date is the bonus question. Yeah, that's the bonus question. Oh, don't let me send those to Alex. Let's click Paula's. There oh, you can send them to me if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then uh, Japanese release date. Okay, this is a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, it is, it is. Game Boy Advance game. Okay, I just need the one question from both of you. Okay, um, I'm trying to think. Please, it's riveting commentary right now. I know. Sorry, I'm just. I'm starting to think. I, I don't want to give anything away. This is the thing. I'm. I'm pretty confident about this one, and I don't want to. I don't want to show my hand. Uh, okay. Uh... This, this is me setting myself up to be absolutely embarrassed here, but like, yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm. I'm. Yeah. Whatever. I put them in. I'm done. I. Uh, I'm fairly confident be... on times, at least the first two, but I, I'm not super confident on 100 or the date. But I think I, I think I have an idea okay. when this came out because I did I actually did play this one like a year or so ago. <laughs> Ooh, let's see. Good game. Would recommend. So for we have the times, we have the bonus question. Let's do this. Okay. So for main story, both of you vote six hours 
All right. You're boring, guys. You're boring. We'll get the points, and do both of you were spot on. It is six hours. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. For main plus sites, main plus extras, I don't know. It was changed to sites in how long did I just notice? Oh. Uh, main plus extras, it is. Uh, Alex said six and a half hours. Rick says six hours, and that half an hour is crucial because Alex was right on the money. Told you half hours. Price is right at that with a half hour. Mm. I hate that. I hate everything about that. <laughs> half hours, Ugh. man. That's what they're at. That's where it's at. Yeah. I don't think I. I don't know. For one hundred percent, Rick said seven hours, and Alex says seven and a half hours. Not again. And yeah, Alex oh. won. The time is eight and a half hours. Oh, okay. It's that a bit longer fine. than I thought. All right. Well, I feel a little bit better about that. <laughs> At least I got a couple points. Yep. Finally, for the bonus question, when was the game released in Japan? Alex says August 6th. Um, 2001. And Rick says... August 1st, 2001. Not again. And the winner is uh, Rick because the oh. game was released in July 19, 2001. Oh, oh shit. July. I knew it was early. I wasn't quite sure how early. Oh, man. I could have come up to nine. Oh, well. Dang it. I, that, that one was a bit a bit of a big guess for me, to be honest. I sort of, a, I, I felt like 2001 was in the right area because I remember uh -huh. seeing this on there, but I had no idea, honestly, the date. I was like, summer, I guess, because I feel like the last few games we've had with release dates, I don't know what it is, but Japan seems to have a lot of summer release dates. At yeah. least Game mm -hmm. Boy and like handheld games. And maybe it's just, maybe it's just like the selection bias that we've had on our last few, but... Um, I remember Probably. the last one that I asked you guys, it was a summer game. So I'm like, I don't know. And, and it also feels like they do Japan first and then us next. But Dang it. I was close. <laughs> so close, but close enough. Nope, not close enough. Well, that's put it at uh, Alex 7, Paula 9, and Rick's at 14. Um, Damn. Oh, that's shaping up to be interesting. It's going to be tough for uh, Rick to get anywhere i mean we might actually have to do another round because if paula if paula yeah. gets uh if pa let's put it this way if paula gets 14 14 we probably just have to do another three to see how it goes uh, yeah. Um, yeah i mean that works for me yeah. <laughs> we'll see but who knows that really depends on what happens next week on how long to be toodaloo <laughs> <laughs>